Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. The archers is on the um, um, radio, and um, they have it like um, when it's um, on. And it's not on the TV, it's on the radio. And me and Clemmy made a box, a very nice box. La, 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 la. And they do this song. La, 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 And then, um, go talk about Panda now. This episode is sponsored by Sharon Robson and is dedicated to her friend Debs Harkins, who has, out of the blue, just been diagnosed with cancer. Debs is currently listening to this podcast while working her way through treatment. Macmillan Cancer Support do a fantastic job supporting people affected by cancer, and Sharon would encourage listeners to donate to them if they can. You can do this by going to www.macmillan.org.uk. Okay, I'll just launch into it then. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the banana and chocolate cream pancake that is Yokel Bear, and with me I have the damp lemon crepe that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Shrove Tuesday is you... Today's Dumpty Dum is from Junior Bajant, who got a bit bored and also wants to talk about pandas. And can I say, just from personal point of view, I think that's a great idea to talk about pandas. <laughs> but, you know, maybe that's not what we're here for. But pandas. <laughs> Yay, pandas. So, Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or extort money from your elderly relatives, then ring us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek for the in the back bedroom. Uh, I saw him on the stairs on the way up and he was a bit flustered and said he was worried he had a stalker. I told him not to fiddle with it and it would die down. (laughs) 
Oh, in quickly with the double entendres there. <laughs> Don't know what um, <laughs> yes, lovely back bedroom. Sat in here with Lucy in the in the back bedroom. Sat on the bed uh, with a well thumbed copy of the Ambridge Drama Society calendar next to me. Ah. I don't know what Derek's been doing there. Is it none of the pages are stuck together? Are they? I, I I'm not going anywhere near no, touching don't, it. Don't don't pick shove it off with your foot. Move it further down with your foot. Yes, yeah, so a pair of tweezers. I think yeah. just you know into the bin. So. <laughs> So, on this week's episode, we have calls from Dusty Substances, who got everything she wanted, lucky Dusty, Pam Crookshank, who has a culinary plot prediction, Michelle, who thinks that we may end up with a fair brethren at Brooker's, Cosmo, who thinks he got it wrong, uh, and Mrs. Bentos, who's worried about little Henry, and finally, Goddess Diva, who wants a word with the women of Ambridge. Yeah, I bet she does. <laughs> but first, let's hear about Lucy's week in Ambridge. Bit of a return to normal characters this week for everyone. How nice. Lillian being gullible, Eddie being shifty, Kate making Imelda Marcos look public-spirited, and Bert having a quick ponder. Update from the Curtain Committee. Piggy has hand-stitched the tapes. I thought you'd want to know. Further bulletins as events warrant. Piggy was having a right day of it, poor old bat. Auntie Cardboard's getting up her nose, yakking all the way through the afternoon play. Kate popped in to see her to try and prise her purse open and then Pat tried to force a black pudding scotch egg on her but she managed to fight her off. She's (laughs) old but wiry, Peggy. Johnny can't get enough of black pudding scotch eggs, apparently. But I'd imagine he can't get get enough of anything that isn't leek. The poor sod's probably egg-bound by now. It's only because he can't face any more of your leek fricassee on a bed of leeks with a leek coolie patch stop whittering on about scotch bloody eggs and spring your poor daughter from her prison of a house woman poor bert is not looking forward to valentine's day his first without frida he's hoping to distract himself with zoe's pancakes but he's got something to look forward to an escape from the brooker's madhouse imminently and back to quiet evenings in front of the fire applauding nigel farage on question time Pip, following the Archer family tradition of being able to start a fight in an empty room, has managed to have a domestic with someone who she barely knows over the phone. Well done, Pip. She was having a quiet chat about it with her mum when Hootie Jill appeared and interrupted, cleaving a path between them by brandishing a flapjack and shouting, Don't mind me, but let me in. I want to know what's happening. Tom turned up at the ball for the pancake toss, dressed as a ghostbuster. He'd strapped Henry the Hoover to his back, yes, Wob, and was wearing the decontamination suit that everyone wears when they eat anything that's been near E. coli Clary. Toby urged Vivat Rex, who was still trunching on about grassy eggs or eggy grass or whatever, to throw himself after Pip. As he put it, she comes with a farm. More likely than she is to come with Toby, anyway. Meanwhile, the fair brethren said they needed a mobile chicken shed to transport all their mobile chicken shit. So Ruth put them in touch with Bert Fry. Bert said the chicken shed would need to be very mobile. Very mobile? I have an image of a hut careering round the field on two wheels with a load of terrified hens clinging on for dear life inside. But this raised a question. What's the difference between a mobile chicken shed and a mobile shepherd's hut? Chickens, as far as I can see... Why doesn't Eddie make the chicken shed while he's at it? Or if Bert's so good at joinery and machinery, why didn't Linda ask him to make the flipping shepherd's hut? Why is Eddie the natural choice for shepherd's huts and Bert the go-to man for mobile chicken shit transporters? 
Zoe, the Belgian specialist, had proved to be a bust in the bull kitchen, so Jolene's bust went in there instead to shout at her a bit until Zoe tried to strangle Jolene with her apron strings. The answer was, of course, to bring back the jailbird ex-alcoholic bankrupt Wayne to run the kitchen. Hoorah! Wayne, really hot surfaces and 24-hour access to alcohol. What could possibly go wrong? And Shula and Bert were having a quick Battenberg in the Ambridge Twee shop. I misheard Bert when he questioned having a piggyback in the church. I was wondering exactly how far his relationship with Shula had gone. And in front of the congregation? Then Titchy Knob came marching in with an armful of chopsticks and prawn crackers. And when questioned said, oh, it's for this cross promotion we're doing. And Bert and Shula just went, oh, okay. You'd never say cross-promotion to a customer. You'd just say what's for this Chinese thing we're doing. I mean, I know it's Rob we're talking about, but even he doesn't speak like a technical manual. Justin is after Lillian, apparently, to ease himself into the county. And into Lillian, I think. I've gone right off Justin again, the sleazy old git, doing his my wife doesn't understand me bit. And depressingly, Lillian is falling for it, the daft cow. Anyway, the best bit of the week was hearing poor old Rex on a disastrous date with Pip bless him he had a moment of optimism when he thought Pitt might dump the absent Matthew but then his better self prevailed and he did a Serrano de Bergerac and ended up urging her to stay with him she perked up no end but in the process moved Rex so firmly into the friend zone he is practically sitting on the edge of the bath in a face mask handing Pippa Tampax the end Woo! well done bravo Lucy <laughs> bravo I love that one um Yes, lots to talk about this week then. Um, Peggy, can we talk about Peggy? We can. I've decided that Peggy runs almost entirely on passive aggression. So much so that if her passive aggressiveness was electricity, they could probably run the anaerobic digester for a year off her. <laughs> she just what did she do to this ru- week that was particularly passive aggressive? I'm not sure I... Well, maybe not passive aggressive, but oh, she gets the barbed comments in. I've never heard anyone say the word hippie with so much disdain, <laughs> but with a straight face before. <laughs> well, Pippi's a uh, Pippi, but a uh, piggy is that generation that it's still an insult, isn't it? We say, oh yeah. no, it's, it's like a really hippie place. It's really, really nice. You know, it just means relaxed and pleasant and positive and everything, and you know, not terribly, you know, sort of. Um, wildly successful or ambitious but you know nice but for piggy it still means drugs long hair dirt you know she's still got that kind of daily mail mentality she does i don't know why the hell she moved christine in because she clearly wants to kill her doesn't she yeah i don't i don't know we've gone from slagging her off for the scones and now she's talking through the play and everything else she's just yeah she just doesn't she's very impatient with her just intolerant i think I th- yeah, I think I agree. She's it's they're certainly a very odd couple to live together, aren't they? They're just but Christine just kind of takes it, doesn't she? She's just oblivious to it all. Yeah, I think that's it. I think she is largely completely oblivious. It just seems to sort of just sail off her completely. She just doesn't notice. Which I suppose yeah. is, is the best thing. You couldn't be wildly sensitive if you're living with Peggy because she'd just spend the whole time thinking, oh, wonder what she meant by that. Oh God, you know, awful. Oh, it would be. It would be terrible. I think sometimes Christine's a bit like, you know, on The Simpsons, where you see inside Homer's head. Yes. <laughs> this kind of, she's just got the, the, the field and the sheep and everything's lovely. And this there's just Piggy in the corner just throwing in these barbed comments. like yes, yes, um, this little spitting ball of fury in the corner. And <laughs> Yes, whatever happened to baby Peggy? Yes. <laughs> But I did like the uh, Pancake Day. I really like yeah. Pancake Day. 
we had a lot of stuff actually this week that was like i said at the thing it, it wasn't seemed to be a return to you know we had kate who's suddenly deciding that's it i'm going to you know i've i've tried mugging everybody i can think of for money no one would give me any so i'm going to just flog the only thing i've got left which is my house which i didn't do anything to earn either um and you know i'm moving back in with you daddy you know and uh so that's sort of entirely playing to to to, to type isn't it and um lillian falling for justin what's she doing oh i don't know i'm i'm torn on this one because on the one hand i'm thinking oh you sleazy old so-and-so yeah. justin yeah. and it's, he's been dropping hints for a few weeks now about yeah. oh well i'm not that happy and yeah. you know that you're just getting that sense from her <clears throat> though I, to be honest with you i don't he he he's meant to be quite a direct character and you think that they'd just have him say, Lillian, do you fancy a quickie? But actually, he's done this whole, would you be my social secretary yeah. and I'll start buying you clothes and everything. That's a mistress, basically. What is, I mean, there's one added element to that. And that's, and also on Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, you're going to be in my bed. And that, that's, he's, that's a mistress mm. in, the, in a very sort of French way. Well, I think I think that um, Lillian deserves a bit of happiness because I think she's been treated really badly. I mean, I've really, I still can't, I still, I'm bemused by, you know, what happened with Matt? What what happened? It's just a big mystery, isn't it? Mm. It's just something happened and he was gone. Yeah. Well, he, um, he but I really, went I hope to stole all money. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's no mystery at all. Not really, no. Nice that you're trying to make it, you know, seem nicer than it actually was, which was yet again, she made an appalling choice. But, you know, I wanted to have a bit of happiness as well. But but somebody who's already got a wife is not a bit of happiness, is it? It's a bit of a disaster waiting to happen. And a lot Uh, of waiting around and checking texts and refreshing your emails. And, you know, that's what it is. And you know yeah. what? I have never met a bloke that was married that said to me, do you know what? I am entirely happy with my wife. She's still very exciting and I love her very much, but I would also quite like to have sex with you. They have to kind of build it up with this kind of, oh, well, we don't get on and da 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 And you think, oh, God, here we go again, you know. And it, I don't know why they bother, to be honest. And I can't believe Lillian would fall for that. And I hope, I really hope she's not going to, but I've got an awful feeling that she is. I think she is. I'd just like to interject at this point and say, scriptwriters, could you just have like a millionaire happen, a single millionaire just happen by the village, please? Because I think that's what she deserves. I mean, let's face it. Whoever Lillian ends up with is going to need a bit of cash because she is a woman of certain tastes. Yeah. Um, but I think... Yeah, she's not going to settle for Dr. Locke, is she? <laughs> no, but she, she she would be money well spent because, let's face it, you're not exactly going to have a dull time. No. She's just... I I love the bit where she was at the races. It was just like the sheer joy of her yes. at the races. Yeah. Was, oh, I love her. I just love her. I said, see, I'm forming a fan club as we speak, so... <laughs> a one-man fan club. I don't think you're uh, alone, though. It's a huge, huge... Uh, uh, support group for Lillian isn't there massive supporter club yeah and I think just I think I think the laugh helps as well um I just get a better week when there's a Lillian cackle to be honest with you it sets you up for the week doesn't it after the omnibus so 
you know, I think it, it puts a spring in my step, does Lillian's cackle. So now, before we before we go to the caller inners, yeah. how do you feel? Because I know that you find the storyline that shall not be named very uncomfortable making. Did you manage to sit through any of it this week or not? Yeah, I did. I made myself and actually um I yeah, I I kind of I suppose taking a bit of a break from it is maybe take a step back yeah yeah and kind of because i was getting i suppose in a way that's why the script writers have actually been quite good on the story in terms of it does draw you in but for all the wrong reasons i think Mm. so you know i'm happy to talk about it to be honest with you okay all right now let's see which caller inners have caller inners Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. And I don't have a cold, hooray. Um, I just wanted to, um, a, a, well, a quick message, really. I just listened to the Shrove Tuesday episode. And sort of following on from what I said last time I I spoke was what a, what a lovely episode it was. It was all the things I wanted. I wanted there to be a catastrophe over the pancake toppings. Um, I wanted Kenton to get in trouble with Jolene, uh, not seriously, but to be a little bit bickery. I wanted the new chef to resign. Um, I could have done without the fair brethren, but you can't have it all. There was only a tiny little reference to Helen uh, but not enough to make me feel unsettled so uh, well done Um, I thought that was terrific so more of that ilk I think would be really really nice and I'm looking forward to misplaced maypoles oh and we had the buttons didn't they do well they won a prize for something Uh, loved it anyway that's it briefly but uh, love to everyone and uh, bye for now dusty substances dusty you are still sounding chesty dusty or dusty chesty whichever you prefer um the shrove tuesday one was a lovely episode i agree you you liked it as well didn't you yokes oh i loved it i loved it i thought it was a great episode and only on the arches would a pancake topping be considered a catastrophe <laughs> it's excellent but i did just as a as a are you a good cook are you do you cook i can that pancakes really... aren't my forte no but can you imagine anything more nightmarish than having a stroppy chef or even worse having to do it yourself and the prick out the front saying to people haha just pick anything you want anything it's like a nightmare. Somebody coming back in and saying, well, this lot would like Greek yogurt and chocolate chips. And you've only got one of those things. Or you know you've got some chocolate chips somewhere, but you don't know where the hell they are. And then you've got a list of 27 other people who also want, you know, apple and caramel and Marmite and soap and whatever else. And you just think, my God, this is... K- Kenton is just such a twat sometimes. He just does not think about the repercussions of his bright ideas on the person that's actually got to fulfill them i felt so sorry for jolene i I do genuinely have nightmares about things like that that i'm gonna somehow be in a kitchen with all these orders come flying in and i can't do them and all that terrible yeah it is a bit nightmarish isn't it also as well i think this is a, a wider problem with kenton and it's the problem that i've noticed about kenton is that he's one of those forced fun kind of people isn't yeah, it is everyone's 
Yeah. Everyone's got to have fun. It's yeah. got to be a laugh, and it doesn't matter kind of what the consequences are, just yeah. so long as everything's a laugh yeah. and everything's fun. Yeah. And um, I was sat there thinking, he's going to run out of things. He's going to be kind of having to go into onto inorganic stuff to put on the, yes, you want nails on, on your back. <laughs> yes, we can do that. Um, I wish, the one thing I wish we had was that the Belgium chef, I wish we could have heard the falling out with Jolie. Yes. Yes. It would have been a real bitch fight. That's what I thought. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> it would be. I was a bit of, I was a bit disappointed because I saw it on the kind of blurb saying that, you know, there's yeah. that the, the chef walks out and I was gearing up for the, Oh great. This is going to be a Jolie moment. And that was like, Oh, she's gone. So it's like, Oh, right. Okay. Then oh, well, I've missed that then. So felt a bit short change there. I've got to be said. Oh, yes, I quite What was like... the Ghostbusters thing about as well? Why did they come God, dressed as Ghostbusters? God knows. God knows. Especially as the last remake of Ghostbusters involved three women. <laughs> and, you know, I know. You know it's just, just bizarre. Oh, just like... Mind you, did I tell you that last night I stayed in a haunted hotel? You did. And you also told me that the, the, you were delayed on your train because of geese crossing the... Which made me think that you must have been coming through Penny Hassett because you blamed well, the Fairbrothers. Yes. <laughs> Or it could was be it chickens. really geese, geese on the line at Bath? Was that right? Just outside Bath, yes. It was. See, um, that, that... Well, he clarified later and said, as as we were hurtling towards Chippenham, he said it could have been ducks. <laughs> so I don't think they got quite a good look at them. But these can... things kind of... It's the West Country. These things I was going to say, can I just point out to our overseas listeners, Yokel Bear lives, doesn't live... <laughs> He doesn't live in that London. He lives in the kind of place where you have ducks crossing the railway line. The whole of England is not like this. Can I just say that? Because otherwise we've got, we get, we're, we're reinforcing this Richard Curtis uh, kind of lunatic view of... Um, oh, dear. That's Royfield texting me. What does he want? Hang on. Let me see. He's going to tell me off. He's probably uh, saying, get on with it. <laughs> he said, no, he's saying uh, there's a new Witherspoon call. And we haven't heard that yet. So we're just going to have to play that in without hearing it. There we go. Okay. Um, I like to see that he's doing his directorial duty from the other side of the world when I'm already recording. But anyway, um, yes. So, so well, yes. Yeah, so, so, so tell me about you know. the haunted house. Sorry. What was the haunted house? Haunted hotel. Well, I was doing. A, I was because because I'm a trainer. I was training a residential course, and it was in a a hotel in Taunton that's right near. It's the Castle Hotel. <gasps> I've been it's, there. I did a yes. product launch with Gok Wan there. And well, yes, it was it was quite posh, so it was it was all very lovely. Um, but I was talking to the person on reception. They were saying, "Oh yes, there's um, there's <laughs> reputedly on the floor you're staying on, the ghost of somebody who plays the bagpipes." What? It's I know, awesome. and I was I was sat there saying, "Well, hold on a second, isn't that going to be a little bit noisy?" <laughs> And they said, it's all right. Nobody really hears it very much. So I'm just like, okay then, you know. But nothing happened. I just, Are they sure nothing it's not the entered boiler? my room in the middle boi- of the night and put the wheels up me. So, you know, Ooh. everything was fine. <laughs> I'd have asked them. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Um, well, uh, hang on. Bag, b- bagpipes in Taunton. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean. Was it not the hotel I, boiler? Because all hotel boilers sound like bagpipes. Yeah, that's true. It could be that, actually. It could be. But, but I mean, I, this is the West Country. What? 
Sorry? Do people see it or hear it? This I don't know. I didn't really get that far. It was just I kind of wandered off thinking, hmm, bagpipes. <laughs> that's a little bit odd, isn't it? But I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's part of the West Country. I think people from the West Country are very, very good with turning folklore and bits of old nonsense into tourist things. Like, have you ah. ever been to Wookie Hole? Uh, no. You know the, the Witch of Wookie Hole? Yes. It's this um, stalagmite that's meant to look like a witch. Yeah. Well, if you ever go, I'm a, I hate to break it to you, it doesn't look anything like a witch. Right. Whatsoever. Does it you look like a Wookiee? They pay no. the money and then they're like, well, you know, I don't think it looks like a witch. So, But anyway, but that's just me wittering on about the West Country. Is Wookiee Hole... Would you recommend a quick go up the Wookiee Hole, Yokel Bear? I think a quick go up the Wookiee Hole is worth <laughs> worth it once in in your lifetime. Just okay. the once, maybe. <laughs> it's quite good, actually, you know, because it's big caves and it's kind of impressive and stuff like that. But yes, official recommendation, Yokel Bear says, go up the Wookiee Hole. And watch out for ducks just outside Bath. Absolutely. And, you know, they're all over the shop. I mean, it's like the Fair Brethren been farming around there. And bagpiping Somerset things in bagpipers in taunton right hey you don't reckon it's jazz has not been around much lately do you don't reckon he's got a job at a hotel <laughs> in taunton for the somerset tourist board <laughs> my name is pam crookshank and i'm a first time caller in error my prediction for this week is that fallon and emma will be serving frozen coconut yogurt thank you pam crookshank said that emma and fallon will be serving frozen coconut yogurt um he changed that, didn't he? Bloody titchy knob. Altered yeah. that order so that she ended up with five million coconuts instead of five or whatever it was. The thing is, is that Rob doesn't know how to run the business, really, does he? No. He's winging it, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, he obviously comes from, you know, farm management background and what have you. But he's just stepped in. And I think he's had to step in. Because unless he's directly involved, that's an area of kind of where he would have no control over yes. Helen. Yeah. And I think he's just making it up as he goes along. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, we'll get 700 coconuts. That's that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yes. But what beat me was why on earth they even needed five coconuts. What do you don't use? Co- you don't use real, for, for like mass catering, you don't use real coconut for anything, do you? You use, you use coconut cream for Thai stuff, like green curries. You use desiccated coconut in cakes. Nobody uses proper bloody coconut. You have to smack it with an axe to open the bloody thing. I mean, that's it. You, you don't. I mean, I've never seen. You know, I watch Master Chef and all that. I've never seen anyone there with a the chisel going. Yeah, with I a can't drill. Get this damn coconut yeah. open. Banging it on the doorstep, trying to get it open, and then picking bits of shell out of their hair and eyelids and everywhere else. Yeah. Oh, Pam, you completely forgot to say what you did, where you were from, but you do have a lovely accent. I was very much enjoying listening to your voice. Very nice. Yes, absolutely. Lovely. Goddess Diva now. Hello, Dunty Duns. Goddess Diva here. A really very pissed off Goddess Diva who's likely to get sweary, just warning you. I wanted to talk this week about the lack of self-esteem and self-worth of the women in Ambridge. Because I've got to the point now where I'm just like, no, no. Pat, anorexia 
doesn't come back. It never goes away. What kind of relationship do you have with your daughter? What kind of woman have you brought her up to be when she's ending up feeling really, really bad all the time because of her stupid husband? And what is it with Rob? What is it? Is he like the man with the golden cock or something? Honestly, sorry, Tim Watson, but you're not that good looking and you're not that fecking charming. Also, Lillian, I love Lillian. I've always been team Lillian and she deserves better than being a married man's weekend filly. There, I said it. I'm not happy about that. And Kate, Kate Medicani, instead of cementing your lack of self-worth by going to your nan and going to your mum and going to your dad and being turned down for money all the time, go to a fucking bank. All right, just go and get a loan. You have a good business plan. Business people have said you have a good business plan. Pip, stop moping about like last week's sausage order and go and see... Matt, go get yourself laid. You have a car. And it's not like the Brookfield Arches don't know the way to Cumbria. You're up and down there all the bloody time. And you're employed by your parents. You are an employee. Take some annual leave. Fuck's sake. Emma. Oh, Emma. I just want to whip off your cloak of class divide and point out that you rock. Never mind your insecurities, girl. You rock. Kirsty. Never mind this whole, I can't go and see Helen. Turn up anyway. Go to go to the hospital anyway. Go and stop skirting around the issue and go and tell her. I think she's about ready. And if Rob turns up, a swift fuck off will soon make the cowardly little shit back off. <sighs> Need to calm down. So I'm just going to point out that I've ordered a load of Black Panther outfits ready for you all. Ladies, it is time to get into formation and slay. Goddess Diva out. Uh, this was a masterclass in Goddess Diva calls. I feel, and anyone that is new to the podcast will be rocked back on their on their uh, two inch heels by that. Um, I agree. Lillian deserves better than a married man. I've already witted on about that. Uh, yes. Why doesn't Kate go to a bank? As uh, she very rightly points out, Lillian said it's a good business plan. Debbie has said it's a good business plan. I know Debbie is kind of indulgent of Kate but she is a businesswoman and she wouldn't just if it was complete nonsense she wouldn't she wouldn't just fork over cash would she she'd actually say no Kate this is mental no um and yeah the women of Ambridge are in a bad way I agree at the moment they are we are badly lacking apart from Linda who's just kind of like the 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 drive the powerhouse of the village the driving force of the village um they're all a bit yeah. sort of drippy and wet at the minute. Well, I I think so. I've got a little, a little, maybe not disagreement. I hate to say disagreement because if I say disagreeing with Goddess Diva, when I see her next, <laughs> I'll probably get, you know, slapped up the chops. So, um, but I've got a slight thing that I noticed tonight, though, on um, the episode about, um, the episode about how, um, you know, how Kate was moving back in, is there is one exception to the women being all over the place and and quite weak at the moment. And that's in Brian's house. Because (laughs) no matter what Brian does, they just ignore him and just get on with it. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's, you know, it's basically, it's really obvious he doesn't want Lillian to be there. Though who wouldn't want to live with Lillian, let's be (laughs) honest. Um 
but he's, he's really obvious he doesn't want all this to happen. Yeah. And, and he's absolutely furious with Kate, and no one's taken any notice of that either. And, and Jenny just keeps saying to him, oh, Brian, stop being such a big grump. <laughs> she says, I know, I think, and then, he kind of, you know, he's kind of got good reason, really. <laughs> the, 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 when it finished, the scene finished, and it was like Adam said, well, you know, are you sure you don't want to drink? And he said, yes, I suppose I better have one. <laughs> I thought it should end with that comedy kind of wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of Brian seems to be like that at the moment. On the one hand, you put him in the farm environment, he's very much the alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> Put him with the women in his house, and he just sits back, going, "Well, what can I do, yeah, really?" Exactly. But, yeah, but, but as I said last week, he has lost the moral high ground. He doesn't yeah. have a leg to stand on anymore. Uh, yes, he's standing on one leg on the moral high ground. He's kind of, you know, it's all it's all gone. Jenny's in control. He's kind of just handed it over, and now it's you know he's sown his wild oats. That's all done. Hello, prostate forget it you know it's kind of it's all over now um and just sit back in your in your gentleman's cravat and um you know drink your whiskey and shut up basically because you've had your fun and now uh it's someone else's turn yeah basically it's just like you know it's like you said sit back in your slippers and election time put your ukip poster up in the window yeah. that'll keep you happy brian <laughs> but in the meantime the women are just going to get on with everything else but i agree with the rest of what goddess diva said I think round the. I mean, I I don't know. Um, Kirsty, I was. I, I every time Kirsty's kind of she takes that step back about. Oh right, okay. When when Rob is pushing her away, I really wish she'd just ignore it and just go and storm up to the house. Rob would then just lose it, and maybe that will break the whole kind of the whole plot line. I I don't know, but I just. You know, I came back to listening to the Robin Helen storyline this week. And I think the only thing that really made it bearable listening to me was the fact that Paul has done the charity fundraising yeah, thing. Yeah. And it feels like, okay, it's really difficult to listen to, but there's something positive going on. And yeah. I think that's kind of. That's helped a little bit as well, but it's still very, very difficult to listen to. I find it so difficult. Yeah. Also, something that I'm finding hard is the um, the, the, the the him force feeding Helen and watching her while she eats, and all the chompy chompy noises of her eating. And it's kind yeah. of, it's it's really disturbing. It's terrible. Oh, it's so horrible. And. And I think it goes back to, you know, when um, the whole thing when they were in the pub having the meal, yeah. how he's involving Henry in that yeah. as well. Yeah. About, you know, Shall using. Shall we tell Mummy what we've ordered? We've ordered. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just it's 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 also been an eye opener as well, because I, I don't really I mean, I've not really kind of nobody that um I know has ever, you know, if they've had an eating disorder, they've never really kind of shared the, the details with me so it's actually making me go and find out a little bit more about how you know quite how evil what rob is doing mm. he's picked up on this and he's actually stoking the fire of an mm. eating disorder which is just beyond belief yeah. really yeah yeah mm, well he's good. he's almost in competition with the anorexia because yeah. it's it wants control of helen 
Helen thinks she's in... Helen's desperate to be in control of herself. The anorexia is in control of her and he's trying to get control of of both of them. Uh, and he's it, Helen is being pulled apart in between him, the needs, his needs, and anorexia's needs. It's, yeah. it's just sick. It's horrendous. Horrendous. Mm. And I was never really a big fan of Helen before. No, I think a lot of people have found that, that now... And actually, I just want to rescue her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say as well, and I think this is important to say, and I know you've spoken before about kind of the people who can't tell what's real and what's not on social media. Mm. But Tim Watson playing this character, I think, has been the most amazing acting I've... You know, it's it's incredible. Yeah. um, Because there are moments where I feel a genuine chill yeah at just the the slightest thing just an intonation of the vo- the voice yeah just a pause before something said yeah um Absolutely. so i think you know it would be actor, so easy to to for the writing and the acting to become pantomime villain but this is so much more insidious than that when i yeah. well, the last time i saw kerry he did say i love writing rob because he's such an in- you can take him in so many different ways he's such an interesting you know absolutely despicable but you know just really good to write because he's such a yeah. an unusual character to be able to write yeah and i guess that's kind of the difference between kind of person like myself who's who's the consumer if you like i'm yeah. there listening the writing must be a very, very different process. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, like I said, hats off to Tim Watson because, mm. I mean, if this is the kind of character that's being written, he's playing it unbelievably well. Um, did you did I, you jump when uh, when he turned up at the school? Oh my god, yes, it was yeah. like something out of a horror film, yeah. wasn't it? it he was said, kind of Helen. Like, "Oh my god, I know, I know. like that." It was terrible, and I, 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 I sort of went, "Oh no!" and and you know. I thought he's going. He's going to ruin it. He's going to ruin it, and I genuinely felt frightened. And I jumped. And I know I was standing on my own in my own kitchen, and I still jumped, just by him saying Helen. You know, I jumped, and then I had an even more chilling thought because when he said, "Oh, I was passing, and I saw the car outside," and what went through my mind was, what if he wasn't just passing? What if he's actually moved on to? He's following her. Ah. And it was just like, oh, God, how bad can this get? Yeah, how... yeah. Yeah, so it's it's still, I'm still finding it really difficult. Um, I still think it's gone on too long. But I think, uh, I've kind of changed my position a little bit on that because I think we've, we're seeing the beginnings of a bit of hope. Yeah. Um, Kirsty's really beginning to suss what's going on. I think... I think the family, I think Tom will be the next one. I don't know whether this will be something that will bring Kirsty and Tom back together, but I think this is something that Kirsty and Tom will talk about. Yeah. I don't and... think that Tom has been taken in by Rob in the same way that everyone else seems to have been. No, and I think he's holding back because it's like, you know, his brother-in-law. But you can tell by the way that, Rob's been challenging him mm. on the, you know, what's going on in the shop. Yeah. I think that's where 
in a strange way, that's where Rob is overstepping the mark. You know, overplaying his hand, I should say. Yes. Not overstepping yeah. the mark, overplaying no, his hand yeah. is with Tom rather yeah. than with Helen. Yeah. Because so he's drawing attention this... to what he's doing when he does it to Tom. He's highlighting yeah. it and he's, he's too overt. Uh, he can do it with Helen in a much more creepy, insidious way that other people wouldn't necessarily notice outside the marriage. But when he does it to Tom, it's much more evident. I agree. Well, I think also as well, the uh, I mean, I'm getting bunting when when Helen hopefully, hopefully is rescued from this. There will be a party. I, know. I was thinking exactly the same thing today. I was thinking, how am I going to celebrate when this is over? How am I going to celebrate when she's told him to stick it? You know, I, they, I've got to do a thing. I've got to do a something. Save. Yeah, the I know. One. It's just you just have to. Oh, right. Let's move on to uh, lighter topics. Michelle Lafette. Hi, Lucy and Yoko Bear. Um, uh, it's Michelle in Rhode Island. I am now convinced that Pip is going to end up with Rex because of his kindness regarding helping her with their Matthew situation. So does that mean that when Pip inherits the farm, she'll be a fair brother? And so it will be a, a fair brother in farm? Oh my God. I can't imagine. When Pip inherits the farm, will she be a fair brother? Oh. Because Ooh. he was so sweet, though, wasn't he? He was. And if it's going to be anybody, it's got to be Rex. It can't be Toby. No, because no, 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 let's no, no. face it, Toby is a one-man walking chlamydia epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really is. He he's really not is. a keeper. Yep, no. He's, he's, he's not only is he not a keeper, he's not a go anywhere near her with a barge polar. That's what he is. He's just yes, and, it, he's. And a, it, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch, touch it with Rex. Yours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like either yeah, no, maybe. I mean, I think the, the the whole long distance thing with Matthew. I don't think that's going to last. And I think they introduced something this week um, about we've had our first argument. Yeah. <laughs> and I think. I mean, though that Rex is what he thought was a date was painful yes. and I felt uh, for him. Now, let me ask you, this is this is the moral question which will decide who is the worthier um, Rex or Matthew. Right. Mm. If it had been Matthew sitting, listening to Pip and she said, I don't know what to do about Rex. Would Matthew have said dump him? Yes. But Rex did not. Thus, Rex is the nicer man. I agree with you. I yeah. hadn't thought of it like that. But yes, I absolutely agree with you. Okay. I think yeah. I think also, <laughs> I don't know whether it's just my shallow nature as well. It's like, oh, he's a rugby player as well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've got a I've got a picture in my head, and you know, whatever. Yes, I think we but can I think all see the I think, picture in your head, um, I really like the way that the the plot line has kind of separated out Toby from yeah. Rex, because um, uh, at the beginning they were they were just indistinguishable. They were just yeah. a pair, yeah. And now they're not, and you've seen the kind of you know the fact that, and well, also it's it's now universally accepted by everyone in the village that. Uh, Toby is a knob, isn't it? I mean, when they were talking, yeah. he said, "Jesus, Rex isn't coming. Uh, Toby isn't coming, is he?" No, don't, don't worry. No, it's Toby. Oh, good, fine. And you know, you're saying that to someone's brother, you'd kind of go, "Oh, um, will he be coming as well?" Oh, that's a shame. Oh, he can't come. And there's the thinking, "Oh, thank God for that." But you know, to actually go, 
I'm not co- basically I'm not I'm not coming if he if that gets going you know and then his brother says no he's not going don't worry it's fine just shows that it's sort of out of it Toby's knobness Toby's knob is out in the open you know it's kind of evident now that uh, well we've all accepted. let's face it when wasn't it really <laughs> purple it certainly wasn't waving around in, in the bloody opinion. swimming pool <laughs> but if she gets together with Rex Fairbrother we will have a Fairbrother back at Brookfield like when Grace was there <gasps> Peggy's going to hate it Jill is going to hate it. Oh, Jill's going to hate it. Yes. yes. Oh, in that case, I think it should definitely happen. <laughs> I, am, I am, I am Team Rex now. Yes, because, <laughs> because yes, it's 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 the ancient curse returning, isn't it? Ha <laughs> Someone will burn to death. Oh, that reminds me. I was uh, that noise. I just ha noise. I was listening over this week, and um, my little boy came in and heard the Grundies. And he said, oh, are they pirates? And I said, what? This is the archers. And he said, well, they keep going. <laughs> it was Joe Grundy. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I think they are. In a way, they are pirates, though, aren't they? They are. Brilliant. Yes. Yes. Brig- uh, not brigadiers. What's the word? Uh, brigands. Brigands and vagabonds. Yes. Hurrah. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Yolkovar, and Millie Bell. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Sorry that Royfield isn't with us today. I wanted to point out to him that I am one white American male who grew up in the 70s who did not listen to Metallica or other heavy metal. There are actually a lot of us here in New York. We're called gay men. Okay, onward. First, I ask this question about the storyline not to be named. Are the listeners being traumatized too much by the ongoing actions of he who must not be named? Last week was when I reached my breaking point, and part of me wanted to turn off my iPhone, as Yoko Bear has done. In the last podcast, Royfield predicted that Rob would be with us for a long time to come. That might be true because the evil one has done such a good job of covering his tracks. And if he isn't caught out, I think more and more listeners will start turning off their radios, laptops, and iPhones. And regarding Blythe Spirit's queries, I think I answered some of it last week, and Lucy also addressed them. The evil one's primary concern is protecting his, note I didn't say their, unborn child, and he is convinced that what he's doing is in the best interest of Helen and his nuclear family. It doesn't stop him from acting in underhanded and manipulative ways. The evil one is more than a narcissist. To contrast, Kate is your friendly neighborhood narcissist, while he is a narcissist plus the plus being a high-functioning sociopath. Have to say a word about Jolene and Kenton. I did empathize with an exasperated Jolene when she ranted about temperamental chefs. I've seen this firsthand with Handsome Husband, in his ownership of what I'll say is an upscale and larger version of the bull. He's gone through many chefs, including one who was sacked when he and a young lady were caught doing the dirty on a dining table in an empty room of the establishment. But I quickly went from empathy to disapproval when Jolene announced she was hiring her ex-husband as chef. Clearly, wait for it now, a recipe for disaster. Next, I agree with Lucy's point about Kate and her family. Let's get out the retrospectoscope. If Brian and Debbie were interested in making a profitable investment in such a high-risk venture, considering Kate's track record, they should have put more conditions on their loans and placed more oversight on Kate to greater guarantee success. 
Well, as, as I've said, I hope they do follow Granny Peggy's lead. I'll close with a bit of advice for young Miss Pip. Stop complaining about a little distance between you and your Matthew. Handsome husband and I spent the first four years of our courtship commuting between London and New York. Just get on with it and make things work if you truly love the guy. Then one day, you and Matthew may wind up with an addition to the family as cute as Angus Haggis. On that note, we'll sign off for this week. Hope you're having fun, Yoko Bear. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Hello, Dumpty Dum people everywhere. Dumpty Dum dogs and Dumpty Mogs as well. Cosmo here. A special welcome to Yoko Bar in the hot seat this week. I hope you're enjoying it. I've just listened to Sunday through Wednesday, and I suppose that I am most disappointed by the absence of Kate's voice from the area's various interactions. She keeps getting mentioned, but she isn't actually allowed to speak for some reason. Clearly Toby only gave way over Pip because he knows a lost cause when he sees one, and more clearly still, Kirsty is the next in line for his attention. So I'm not at all sure about the views expressed recently that she would reunite with Tom in rescuing Helen. Oh, sorry, I mentioned that storyline. Apologies. I really cannot see that Rex is right for listening to Pip. A, he was embarrassed, and B, it was nonsense. She would be talking to a girl. She ought to be talking to Fallon or Alice or somebody who might listen. But Pip so rarely interacts with any of the non-farming population, and so she has no apparent friends. Poor character management by somebody in the management team. Having reviewed carefully what was said last week, and then having to go back to listening again to the omnibus, I have had to come to the conclusion, contrary to my earlier views, that Justin would like to dust Lillian down with some flour, spelt F-L-O-U-R, to help her baking buns. I think I must have been wrong, in that I thought he was only after her land. But perhaps he is after Lillian herself as well. Once she has made the buns, perhaps she can post them to Lucy to make up for the missing ones. Anyway, only four weeks to my next long holiday excursion, as I am off to Millie Bellland, where I'm sure I will have lots of fun, and will be fast asleep when you record the 100th episode. Bye for now. Right, Cosmo wants to know whether or not you are happy in the hot seat, and how hot is it exactly? Uh, yes, I, I thought it was going to be very nerve-wracking, but I'm very, very much enjoying it, actually. And Good. the seat is rather warm. Well, that'll be Andrew Horn and his hot bottom. That's that. That's well, what that it, is. It's still not cooled down yet. <laughs> um, Cosmo, you... T- he said, oh, um, Ruth, uh, uh, Pip ought to be talking to a girl. No! Re- t- Rex wasn't embarrassed. Uh, about talking about this 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 stuff with with uh, with Pip, he was just absolutely devastated because he'd wanted to say, "Stop going out with Matthew and go out with me." Um, yes, it's very sad. Poor old I th- Rex. I think also as well. Sometimes um, there, Pip strikes me as being. I think tomboy is too kind of I don't know pejorative a word, but I think she's one of those women that's actually really quite comfortable in that kind of male environment yeah. of farming. Yeah. 
And I don't think that I don't think Pip comes across as the kind of woman that would say, "Oh, I must go and talk to my girly friends about girly things." She hasn't things. got any, has she? Well, this is it, and well, that's and... that's what he said in his call, isn't it? That you know, she all her friends are farming people. She doesn't have anybody who's more sophisticated. She doesn't have any. You know, when they when they when the girls all get together, like Emma and Fallon, and I know they're that bit older, but they never ever ask Pip. Yeah, no, that's true. And also as well, I mean, I've known women that remind me very much of Pip, who who don't really make the kind, the kind of who don't really have as many female friends. It, it's, there's no kind of distinction. In fact, one friend of mine that was like this um, got married and she was getting so short of she was like literally i don't know any women that i'm really friends with mark and i ended up being her bridesmaid at her wedding oh, what did you wear well did she make you wear a horrible purple dress because all brides make the bridesmaid wear a horrible purple dress and so they look better for the big apricot yes Moran. lovely but her rather religious um, grandparents took umbrage. Oh, so I did. Um, I did the whole kilt thing. You know, okay, kilt and jacket and all that thing, but I didn't wear anything under the kilt. So <laughs> you know, that was my little bit of rebellion. Um, so yes, I've been a bridesmaid, but it was so this this friend of mine very much reminds me of Pip. Would yeah. would not think that you know if I'm going to tell somebody, I think about whether it should be a man or a woman that I tell this to, it would just be, there's a friend of mine, and yeah. therefore yeah. I'll go and talk to them about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, and thank you very much for the offer, Cosmo, but I'm not sure I want one of Lillian's buns with fagash in it and smelling of gin, to be honest. Can I just say about Cosmo as well? Yeah. I have a picture in my head of Cosmo because, again, he's going off on his travels again, isn't he? Yes. Is he wearing a solar topi in the picture in your head? Well, no, it's kind of white linen suits. Yeah, Panama hat. Panama hat and a cocktail on a yacht with the theme from the love boat playing. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of life I'd like. Yeah. Should we do that when we've grown up? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to grow up, though. No. It's boring, isn't it? Catherine Bajan's little girl is very cute and makes me wish that I was still five. Hello, it's Catherine Bajant here. I've hidden myself away from my marauding children. So if you can hear any shouting in the background, that'll be them wondering where I've where I've gone to. Um, just wanted to pop a quick message to you because I know Yokel Bear is presenting this week and I wanted to wish him lots of luck. He's one of my favourite Twitterers um, that I follow and I always like hearing what he's got to say on Dumpty Dum. He makes me laugh and um, we often think the same way, but he says it in a much more witty and succinct way than I do. So um, break a leg, Yokel Bear. I hope you enjoy presenting the show. I just wanted really to talk about Henry. Um, I know there was a big discussion about him last week on Dumpty Dum and uh, about how it's, it's evident that he's never in the same room as his um, his radio mum. And obviously that's understandable given the way it's uh, it's recorded and you know child licensing laws and all of that sort of stuff but I do worry about this poor little child I mean he um he does sound about two years younger than he actually is supposed to be he is supposed to be five years old and and at you know a primary school now and I always know how old he is because he is in fact three days younger than my youngest child so I can't help but 
directly compare them. Um, and uh, yeah, I do worry about him. I think I think that Rob's been uh, gagging him in the in the bits that we don't hear and not letting him practice his talking. He seems to be the most zoned out, chilled out child in the history of the universe. And yet Rob still shouts at him and tells him to calm down. Anyway, by comparison, I decided I would set my youngest a challenge and uh, I would ask her to speak on the subject of the archers for a minute, if you could do it, with uh, with no deviation, no repetition, all of that stuff from just a minute. And uh, this is this is how she did. on the um, um, radio and um, they have it like um, when it's um, on and it's not on the TV it's on the radio and me and Clemmy made a box a very nice box la 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 and they do this song la 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 she said at the end, I don't know if you caught that, can we talk about pandas now? Which is, I think, much more sensible for a five-year-old to be concerned with. Anyway, there was a little dance that went with the dum to dum I think I need to kind of coach her a little bit more in the theme tune. But there you go. That's what my five-year-old sounds like. So you can compare the two. OK, thanks very much. Bye. But yes, very, very good observation. Did she say, Henry and I have made a nice box? Or did I imagine that? Maybe Wob has made Henry a nice box. That's probably more like it. But Catherine is absolutely right. I completely agree. Henry does not talk like a five-year-old. He talks like a three-year-old. Um, mm. And I've got a, a, a friend with a child the same age as, uh, as, as Henry's supposed to be. And you can have an intelligent conversation with him about pretty much anything, really. Reasonable, you know. There's none of this, yes, no. I like it, all that nonsense. So I, they need to sort that out a bit. In such a, a sort of a, a detailed scenario, that kind of lets it down a little bit, I think. I'll be honest, Henry freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> why? And it's because of the voice. Because he's a talking hoover, that's why. It's just, yeah, it's just, um, <laughs> it's, it's just the voice freaks me out a little bit. And I think you're right, I mean... Catherine's right. It's that I don't think the voice is is kind of right. I I do have this kind of theory in my head that actually that's how Henry talks when he's in front of Rob or Helen. <laughs> but when he's on when he gets his to own, school, he's talking like this. Whenever, he talks completely differently. <laughs> and he smokes. Like a twenty-seven-year-old yeah. with a smoked cough or something. <laughs> You know, one minute he's like, oh, you know, the, the high pitched voice, and then he's on the on on the phone to his mates going. So yeah, anyway, so she said to me, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I've got an eight year old nephew, and I remember when he was five, he definitely didn't speak no. like that. I mean, I think I think they should be, you know, they'd be taking him to a speech therapist or something if he if he was speaking like that at five. It's just, you know, he's at school. They don't speak like toddlers when they're at school. No, and also as well these days. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to sound really old now. Kids grow up so fast. Oh, they do. My nephew said the other week, and he's a bit of a clever one. He says like things to me. I said, "Well, would you stop doing that, Ollie?" And he looks up at me and he goes, "What makes you think I'm going to do what you say?" (laughs) My God! I hope Eddie doesn't try that with Rob. Flaming Norris straight out the window. He does is let's negotiate. No. 
And I just like, and then when I look at, think about Henry, it's just like, yes, hold on, what? they're only about three years apart yeah. and they talk totally differently. Yes. So, yeah, Catherine, you're right. Yep. Now, we've had two Hemailer Inners. Uh, Sean Brown, who said he was delighted to hear Brian channeling the full Basil Fawlty. Cross! Cross! I'm not cross! While whacking <laughs> the unfinished yurt with a discarded willow branch. And Rosie Taylor. Uh, I can't remember who which of us said before that Roy was a good father. I think the common consensus is that Roy's a good father. But she said Roy is not, in my opinion, a good father. He was so intent on getting into Lizard's knickers, he neglected his children. He did not go to Abby's class play. He said, oh, the kids will get used to it when he was telling the perfidious Pargit Archer um, that he would leave uh, poor patient Haley. That's very true. I remember that. And he whined to Phoebe that he wanted her home because the house was a mess. He is a tool, she says. Yes, don't pull any punches, I, do I you, Rosie? I agree with that, actually. Uh, but then he was a man in... He, was, he wasn't thinking with his brain, was he? He was thinking with his wookie hole. And he kind of, yeah, he just wasn't... He wasn't... It was not the behaviour of a rational person. I'm sure when he looks back on it, he'll think, God, what was I thinking? And it, but, but you know, people do that. They they basically yeah. sort of chuck their children on the funeral pyre, don't they? In their effort to get to their loved one. Well, I mean, uh, there's me sat there being all judgmental. I've got my judgmental judge cap on, yeah, and going, yes, Roy was terrible. And then I think back to my past and think, oh yeah, I was a bit like that. So <laughs> I think sometimes, yeah, you do. I, I mean, the the Roy and Elizabeth thing was really really strange, but in retrospect. I think sometimes people meet people that they get a little, they don't act, they get a little bit obsessed by, not, yes. not in a kind of stalkery way, but it's kind of almost like everything else gets zoned out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, a, it's you know, love is a mania. And it is, as I'm always banging on about, it, love is a mania. And what we, what we refer to as love, romantic love is a mania. And it is, um, you know, incredibly overpowering and overwhelming and it is a form of it's almost like a form of obsession um or an obsessive disorder in that your priorities go completely berserk you lose all sense of of um of of of, of, of order of priority of what's actually important to you because nothing seems more important to you Oh, I'll tell you what, Lucy, I'm so glad sometimes that my dance card is a bit emptier these days. <laughs> it's just not worth the hassle sometimes, is it? <laughs> you know, all, all this love mania and what have you. But yeah, I think, I, th I don't know, it swings and roundabouts with Roy, isn't it? He has been a bit of a dick in the past. And then he kind of comes good again. Yeah. And no doubt he'll be a bit of a dick again in well, the future. He, yeah, well, I mean, we've got to go through his midlife crisis. He's got to do something stupid then, hasn't he? But he's got oh, like another, another 15 years before he needs to do anything else daft. He's done it oh, for now. Oh, God, I thought this, I thought, I thought Temp Flapsgate was, um, was the midlife no, crisis. No, I think that was the I shouldn't have got married so young um, mm -hmm. crisis. I don't think he's rich. I think it's 50 will be the next one. Oh, well, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Woohoo! Yes. Oh, right. And that is the end of the calls and emails. Okay. So, well, actually now, I think I need to go and have a bit of a break and pen another heartbroken letter. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Charlie, 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 why did you go? Why? <laughs> but whilst we're doing that, we'll have an advert and a bit of mini be- uh, Millie Bell. Hello. As you know, I love France, and I help with the twinning of Mirielle and Ambridge. So it's with great pleasure that I can tell you about another Entente Cordiale. On Friday, March the 25th, until Monday the 28th, you can visit St. Guyen in Brittany, courtesy of Dumpty Dummer Jacqueline Bertho. The itinerary includes a trip to Dinom, the local farmer's market, a visit to the mayor, a bake-off and other shenanigans. The cost is £110, and this includes your accommodation, dinner and breakfast. Go to dumptydum.com to book and to view the trip. For further info, contact Jacqueline via email jacqueline.bertho at yahoo.fr. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least-known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria, Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August 
And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day everyone. Lots to get through this week, so I'm going to get straight into it. Very busy on our forum with lots of people pondering whether the end of Friday's episode uh, demonstrated a change in Rob. Uh, Lynn Fuller Love said, possibly the most sinister thing I've ever heard on the radio, let alone the archers. It did make me wonder whether this storyline is about to turn even darker. Other people, uh, such as Auntie Green, uh, Auntie Jean, sorry, um, saying no, no, uh, this is nothing's changing, but a great debate nevertheless. The topics we covered this week included um, that last scene. Um, Tilly has gone all global. Uh, some meetups. Um, will Tom and Kirsty get back together? And some information not only on the charity but also the Fairbrother history. So if you're interested in becoming part of our discussion community dumptydum.com go to the forums get involved and you can actually speak to people directly if you'd like to on our facebook page a lot happening uh, we were talking about whether justin had given lillian a job offer and if so what the job title would be and uh, some ideas were personal trainer when at ambridge without the wife that was from heidi griffiths Paul Green uh, suggested that uh, to get the the understanding of her title, we should check out the film Pretty Woman. Cheeky Paul. Rachel Hannah said, foursome silver-tongued assistant must butter up locals in pretty dresses and heels. And La Toisette said, light sack emptying duties. (laughs) Um, uh, Plenty more there where that came from. Um, I also loved the line, I think uh, one of the fair brethren said, um, that uh, mentioned North Yokelshire, which I'd never heard of, and uh, that really tickled me. So I asked if anybody could tell me what I should see if I should go to North Yokelshire. And Sharon Robson said, um, really, Yokelshire as in near Yokel Bear, or up north as in Yorkshire. If north, uh, she's given some beautiful suggestions, uh, but I just... uh, Love the idea that people are trying to actually make it into a place. I loved it. Valerie Bailey said Stone, Stonehenge is is Yokelshire, as is the lovely cathedral town of Salisbury. So I think what's happening is people are, are claiming it as their own, which I really loved. Um, I love the loyalty. Uh, we also... Um, I, I asked the question, did I miss the episode where Rob demonstrates 
means that he likes his mother enough to invite her to stay for a week. Uh, again, great d- debate on that. Guy Ladbrook, uh, who likes to uh, just stir the pot a bit, I think, says, Rob can see that Helen is ill and a mother with limited abilities to function herself, let alone maintain a pregnancy and care for Henry. It seems perfectly reasonable to agree to his mother coming to stay and help over half term. Any other view would be heartless in the extreme. And that, of course, is what makes the uh, role so clever in that you could see him, his position completely one way or you can see it as being very sinister. So uh, Guy's right to, to draw our attention to that. Um, but many like Denise Tomlinson and Fiona Griffin say, no, look, this, this, you know, that decision isn't even making any sense because we all know how he spoke about uh, his mother last time. We also wondered why Rob is calling all the shots when Tom is actually his boss. Um, and we put up the post to the latest uh, Sham- Shambridge. Another little piece that I just wanted to draw your attention to, and I'm not going to do this justice, so you really need to join the Tim Watson Appreciation Group and read it for yourself. Uh, but the idea had come up, wouldn't it be great if they could get Tim Watson to record sat-nav directions, but as Rob? Uh, suggestions were... I told you the way to go, but you wouldn't listen. Turn left at the next junction. It's up to you, of course. I think we all know you should have turned back there, don't we? Should you be driving at all? You're going much too fast. Other people joined... So that was uh, Stuart Arundale. Other people joined in with... That you have to put in the little... Hmm, when you deviate from his instructions, instead of the more usual, recalculating... Wrong turns, said Celia Collins, should be badly done. Stuart Arundel also suggested, I really think you should rest now. Carol Phillips, and do you understand what obedience is, don't you? Look, you've got to jump on there and have, have a look. It is his- hilarious. Hooroo. And we're back. So, Lucy... What are your top five hashtag archers tweets of the week? Voice of Ambridge said, 106-year-old Bert in the lambing shed. He's just finished decorating Brookfield and now he's building a hen house. Let him retire! (laughs) 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 Poor old sod. Yes, I do do, uh, take that point. Uh, Ian Jones, who said, ah, Bert's forgotten what Frida sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, all the way home from work today, I was trying to think of a Frida joke. (laughs) Because it was just like, and I tell you the the, the thing that, um, a word that's always used, that, and my mum said this to me this week, said, oh, that Bert, he's really spry, isn't he? <laughs> Bert spry. It's just like, and it's only a word that basically, spry is a word that's used, which what what people, when they say it, what they really mean is, I can't believe they're still alive. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like old and wiry and held together with bits of sellotape, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's Burton. I think that's great. I'm a big yeah. Burt fan. Yeah, I am too. Where's uh, another Frida gag for you now? Uh, this is from Rachel, flighty Rachel, who said, if only Frida was still here, she'd have been on to Rob from the off. Although thinking about it, she mightn't have told anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will never tire of silent character gags. <laughs> uh, and Jim Irving. Here's no, no, this is a Burt Fry one. This is Jim Irving, who said, never mind the storyline that should not be named, Shula's clumsy pass at Bert Fry was the painful listening today. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. 
But poor Shula, when she said, oh, we don't really do Valentine's Day anymore. What is the point of being married to somebody you never see and you don't even do Valentine's Day? And he just sits in the corner shouting, horse paintings. <laughs> it's just miserable. I'm actually starting to feel sorry for Shula, which is very worrying. What, what do you think he's up to then? Uh, he's never around, is he? No, I don't believe. I don't think it's more gambling. It might be another woman. And I think something's got to happen because there's got to be an issue where... Well, my thing is that um, uh, Docky Lockie is going to go for Elizabeth and Shula's going to go for Docky Lockie. And um, uh, Shula and Elizabeth are going to fall out over him because they were always... Oh. It's tra- tradition that they always fell out over blokes. Oh, that's true. That's true. Though I will say that I was sat there talking to Goddess Diva one, one day and we commented on this about where is he? What's he yeah. doing? And then we both paused and we both looked at each other. And this says more about us than it does about the show. We both paused. We both looked at each other and said dogging. Because <laughs> he always seems to be driving off to a lay-by oh, no. somewhere. <laughs> so when he comes back with his sleeves rolled up and says that he's had his hand up something's backside, Shula's, re- Shula's presuming it's some sort of heifer. And it may yes. well not have been. Whereas mm. it's something that we, yes. well, we're too polite to yes. mention. Yes, yes. Oh. Anyway, Tweet of the Week, you have to do the noise now. Do, 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 do. Very good. This is Skyzer, who said, Did Bert Fry refer to the church service as very fartful? What on earth was in Zoe's pancakes? He did say <laughs> fartful. <laughs> very fartful, I thought. Oh, I like that one. That's a good, that's a good tweet. Well done, well done. <laughs> And that's the end of the tweets. Well, thank you very much, Lucy. So, um, remember, you can add articles to the Dumpty Dum site, comment on shows or message other listeners um, and call Rinners directly if you sign up and log in to the Dumpty Dum site, which actually, I, <laughs> this is terrible, I haven't logged on for a long while. I better do that, really, hadn't I? You had, really. Yeah. Can I just I, point out that the, Mr. Yokel Bear... Yeah. Since we've been doing this uh, recording, Mr. Royfield has... Ru- I sound like sooty. Hello, Mr. Roy. Um, no, Basil Brath, wasn't it? Um, that Royfield has, A, texted me to boss me around and has now gone in and changed the script while we've been talking, the little bugger. Anyway, so it now says, I'd written... Now, the good news is that because Royfield isn't on this and cannot stop me, we don't have to do news of reviews. And he has added... Which is a shame, really, because we have a lovely review from... From Blighty by Julib15, who wrote that she loves this podcast. She has been hooked since podcast number 23, and she loves the roundup of the week's events in Ambridge. Thank you very much, Julie, for listening. She, she ended by saying that she would be lost without this podcast. So keep up the good work, Royfield and Lucy. Aww. Yes, we would be lost without the podcast. I don't know what I'd do without them to them anymore. <laughs> Listen to the archers. Be the only way. I'll be. I'll be like Charlie up in Perthshire, oh. just Do you think watching Dawson's Creek in the morning on repeat or something. <laughs> I think he's probably still in a ditch outside Adam's house. Do you reckon? Yeah, living there, occasionally poking his head out and going, "I will go. I'm going very shortly. I'm definitely going in a minute, Adam." Yes. Well, as you know, that I really kind of I warned to Charlie. I thought I quite like Charlie. I thought Charlie was a bit of a keeper in my view. Um, and also as well, and this is where 
you're going to get tons of people phoning in and saying, what the hell did he just say? I don't really like Ian that much. <gasps> That's heresy. I just, I just, I've never kind of, and actually the fact that he married Adam annoyed me more than anything else because it was just like, hold on a second. You've just found yeah, out yeah, yeah. that your partner mm. that you're going to marry is has been unfaithful not once but twice yeah and you're just not going to say anything apart from hey maybe we should watch the affair together yeah it was just it just seemed a bit out of character now i wouldn't mess with ian simply because he's a chef he probably knows how to dice a pig in five seconds (laughs) and he has access to knives (laughs) but he just seems really i don't know where's it going are they do you reckon he's it's it's building up to some big revenge dumping do you think but this is jealousy is it not on your part yeah i mean yeah. Let's, let's be honest um yeah i did i don't know i think adam and charlie would have been good together but i've got to admit i think they probably would have been a bit boring together as well but all they talked about was bloody soil and profit margins and all that wouldn't they i mean at least ian makes adam vaguely human yeah, you're probably right, actually. I just really like Charlie. That's what I it was. There's me, I'm making up all this stuff about kind of, you know, this is what is really going on here. And actually, it was just like, yeah. yeah I don't Charlie want you to marry Char- Adam because I want to marry Charlie. Yeah. 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 A little bit, maybe. Also, because Royfield is not here, I am not reading out the size and cotton content of the t shirts people have bought. Hurrah! But people should still go and buy stuff at the shop yes, because it's great and wonderful. And again, I haven't done that for a while. So Shane Face Yokel Bear will be on there with the credit card later. Um, but if you want to help um, keep our show on the road, there are two ways that this can be done. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. And remember, to get, in, uh, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, or is that the pipe of speak, uh, on the site, or call 0203-0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Or you can find Dumpty Dum on Twitter, or tweet me at YokelBear. Me at Lucy V. Freeman, or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Can I just say as well, yeah. this is a message for Sarah Smith. My mum swears by your cloths. Does she? She wanted me to say that, yeah. Ah, oh. well, send, um, go go to tweet Sarah at your mum's address and she'll send her some. Oh, I'm, I, I, I will do. She's My mum's a bit of a Linda, a Linda Snell. So the moment it said it, posher washer, it was just like my mum <laughs> the hand. That's me. So, yes, very, very. So, Sarah, you've got a sale. And finally, you can find us on the Book of Face, where we are Dumpty Dum, and we're nearly at the thousand. In fact, we're at 959 like a lurkers, and we want to get to a thousand by our hundredth show, which is in four weeks' time. and that's it the end we've finished yes yes that that is just my my podcast virginity has gone (laughs) did you enjoy it i really enjoyed it it's been much fun did you feel nervous 
I felt nervous to start with, but then I just kind of just thought, hey, it's about it's talking about the archers, and I pretty yeah. much do that most of the day anyway, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. Good. Well, it's been lovely to share the spare bed with you, Yokel Bear. Yes, once we finally got rid of that calendar. Yeah, and the warm patch left by Andrew Horn. And on that note... <laughs> Should we say bye-bye? Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. There you go. Marvellous. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. I did a podcast. I know. I've done Dumpty Dum. I can, I can cross this, this off my bucket list. <laughs> and add it to your fuck it list if it went wrong. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm sure Ed, I'm sure Roy Phil will edit me kindly. He, he Well, he makes me sound uh, acceptable every week. So, uh, And sometimes... Uh, that is a hell of a job. So he's extremely talented. Um, yes. Right. Yes. He- Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Big fan, big fan. (laughs) A lot of love to you there, Roy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm really chuffed that you asked me. I've really, this has been my day. It's lovely. Good, good, good.